mighty over financial issues. He's mighty over death. He has the power to raise Jesus from the dead. And what a God we serve. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Grace and peace. It is good to be here with you guys. Psalm 122, David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let's go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within your gates, O Jerusalem. I don't know how you guys came in this afternoon, but my hope and prayer is that you came in with the same affections that David had. He said, I was glad. And what's crazy, Caleb, he doesn't say I'm glad because I was in the house. He said, I was glad when I just heard that I could go to the house. And I don't know about y'all, man, but it's good to be here. This morning I woke up and I was full of joy uh, despite the clouds outside. I don't know what he's doing right now, but despite the mist and the rain, uh, we serve a God that's mighty. And because of that, I came in glad and filled with joy. I've been off for five weeks, so I missed y'all, man. I missed y'all dearly. It's so good to see y'all, Lady Io and uh, the band and the worship team. Can we thank God for the worship team, the band, and the tech team, the hospitality team, the events team, and the, 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 those who are putting together our small groups, just everybody, man. If I, if I missed you, forgive me, but everybody who's contributing to keeping things running here at the church, um, man, I just want to take a moment and just pause for a second and just say thank you for your service and thank you for how you love on the body of Christ by loving on the church. And really, you know, when you're serving, you're not, you're not serving man. You know, Paul says in Colossians chapter Three, verse 23 serve heartily not as unto man but unto God so when you volunteer when you're giving up your time and giving up your expertise you're honestly you're, you're serving the Lord it's been good man it's been a good five weeks of just getting refreshed and uh, thinking differently and trying to get clarity on on direction and vision and man I got a lot to share with y'all uh, and over the next several weeks, I will do so. I'm not going to cram it all into one Sunday, uh, but there is a lot that I feel like the Lord is doing here. And uh, the last five weeks has certainly been moments to crystallize that. Uh, shout out to my family. We've all been off. Uh, Ty and I got to travel a little bit. Uh, we slept. We took naps on Sundays, took naps. We, we went to brunch on Sundays. We went to brunch. Uh, that's, that's not typically what we, uh, what we do. Uh, I spent time reading and trying to memorize scripture. I'm on a journey of trying to memorize all of the book of First, First John. It's five chapters and uh, I'm, uh, I've got chapter one under my belt, but uh, chapter two is a little bit longer, a little bit harder. Uh, and so, uh, but man, I'm, I'm just like, I feel really refreshed and feel really, um, I don't know if I look refreshed, but I feel refreshed. Uh, I feel good, but yeah, shout out to everybody, man. The mission is still the same. I'm glad uh, we're back together. Uh, but the mission is still the same. We exist to join Jesus in his mission to redeem our city. And I think part of my responsibility as your pastor is to crystallize and prepare us for what mission looks like. And let me just tell you, it doesn't look like Epiphany having a mission. It looks like God's mission. And Epiphany has a place, a small part in that. You know, Epiphany is just a part of what God is doing. And I think one of my jobs is to prepare us for what it is that the Lord is doing, which I see as um, expansive and, and, and growth. And so I just want to prepare us. Is that all right? Yeah. I'll lay it out in, in times to come. Let's, let's do this. Let's grab our Bibles. Let's get to First Thessalonians. My responsibility is to preach the word of God. First Thessalonians, where we're going to hang out today. Also, shout out to those who preached over the last several weeks. Uh, Pastor Rich Perez yeah. preached yeah. three weeks. Can we thank God for him? Yeah. Amen. 
phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal man of God. Got to chat with him this morning and, and express my gratitude to him. Uh, also, uh, Pastor Craig Holiday preached. Come on, let's thank God for him. Come on, let's thank God for these men that... And then finally, Pastor, our own Pastor Timmy. Can we thank God for Pastor Timmy? Amen. He preached last week, act like you know. Just was a phenomenal, phenomenal word. And uh, man, I'm just so proud of him and honored to be able to serve with him. You know, Paul says, let the ruling elder who rules well be counted worthy of double honor. And then he goes on to say, especially those that labor in preaching and teaching. So when I am thanking God for these guys who held the word of God down, man, I, I'm, I'm serious when I say I honor them and I'm, I'm grateful for each and every one of them. All right, let's, let's get into it. First Thessalonians, if you're struggling to find it, well, you guys got devices, so you, you'll find it. But if you have a physical copy, it's after Colossians and before, of course, before Second Thessalonians, but before First Timothy. So somewhere in there in the New Testament. Um, man, I'm glad to be back. So I, I hope you all talk back to me, make me feel home. I don't want to feel like a guest preacher here. I want to feel like I'm home. So uh, if y'all could talk back a little bit, it'd be good. First Thessalonians chapter one. Why don't you pick me up in verse number eight? It says, for we. Um, it says, for not only has the word of the Lord, pay attention to these words, sounded forth. From you in Macedonia and Nicaea, but your faith has gone forth. Watch this word everywhere. So that we need not say anything for they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had am among you and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven whom raised who he raised from the dead Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Let me lift back up verse number eight real quick. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from Macedonia and Ikea, but your faith has gone everywhere. I want to preach today. It's actually a part one. It's, this is not a series, but uh, I had so much to say today. I had to spill it into next week. So uh, we'll, we'll pick this back up next week, but I want to preach part one of this title, part-time Christians. Just look at your neighbor real quick and just say, are you a part-time Christian? Don't answer that. That's that's rhetorical. That's rhetorical. Don't answer that one. Are you a part-time Christian? Uh, let's look to the Lord before we dig in. Uh, Father, as we engage in your word, we do so uh, fully dependent on you. We realize, oh God, that we need you to be with us. We need you to speak through us and we need you to transform us by your word. And so, Lord, we're here. We're here. We're holding on. We're leaving the chaos of life and chaos of family to sit for a second and just hear from you. That's why we're here. This is the moment. And so, Father, speak to us like you do every week. It's in Jesus' name we give glory and honor. Amen. Part-time Christians. Uh, one of the consistent prayers that I have been praying, I wouldn't even just say over the last month, but honestly, for the last several years, one of the things I've been praying about is the reputation of the church. And, and what I mean by that is not just the reputation of our local church here at Epiphany, but the reputation of the global church, the, the big C church, the universal church. I've been praying for how we interact with non-believers. I've been praying for those who are skeptics, how they view the church, even though they may not agree with the, with the things of God, and they, they may not know the things of God, and they may not understand 
why it is that we hold to our core convictions. But nevertheless, my, my prayer is that when we walk away from our sphere of circle, which sometimes can be non-believers, my prayer and my hope is that we walk away and leave and impacted somebody. That's my hope is that they walk away and they go, man, I don't know what it is about them Christians. I don't know what it is about that group of people on my job. I don't know what it is about when I go to her and confide in her. And I don't know what, why, why it is that I feel drawn to him. But it's something about them. My prayer is that the reputation of the church will continue to grow. And here's the reality. I normally find myself not just praying for the reputation of the church, but I find myself praying for the reputation of, quote unquote, and I, I put this in air quotes because it's really not biblical, but celebrity pastors. I do. I find myself praying for celebrity pastors. I think there's some really, really faithful, 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 known pastors out there. I find myself praying for a Mike Todd, not because I see anything that is not good, but because if a Mike Todd falls, it has a way of the world saying, see, I told you. I pray for a Bishop T.D. Jakes. I pray for a Stephen Furtick. I pray for whoever it is that is your favorite preacher, the one who has a ton of followers and is charismatic, I pray that they would be sustained because the last thing we need is another scandal. Because what it does is it impairs the church's witness. It impairs our ability to be able to communicate the things of God. If I'm honest, I've been praying over the last couple weeks for the church because when I look at the global church, there were a few times, your boy was just a bit uneasy. The last couple weeks, I've just been a little disappointed while I was on sabbatical, Chris told me to take a sabbatical from my, from my, my social media, and I should have did that, and I didn't. And while I'm scrolling on social media, while I'm scrolling, I, I saw a pastor that was rebuking the church for not honoring him by buying him a Movado watch. I don't know if y'all saw that. Now, 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 let me be fair. Let me be fair to the pastor, just in case he's watching. Let me be fair to him. To him. <laughs> He actually, he did repent, and, and his repentance was, was actually really heartfelt. I, I really believe that the Lord did something and, and, and showed him something, and I think he learned from his mistakes. But nevertheless, when I saw the video go viral, I clicked on, that was, it's like a glutton for punishment. I clicked on them comments, and in the comments, they're going, this is why I don't go to church. Because what they do is they associate what they see as viral as being consistent with every church and every pastor. So I was, I, I, was, I was a little bit disappointed. I was disappointed when I saw a viral video of a very well-known uh, pastor that was preaching and said, you can't believe in Jesus and be saved and listen to secular music. 24 hours later, they caught her dancing to Mary J. Blige. No lie, no lie. And I was grieved. I was grieved. First of all, I was grieved because when she was saying, you can't love Jesus and listen to secular music, I'm like, dang, then I must not love Jesus. Because I've been bump bumping Khaled for the last two weeks. God did. I've been bumping him for the last two weeks. So I'm like, yo, I can't be a Christian and listen to secular music. And my heart was grieved because I clicked on them comments. And them, them comments were saying, they're so judgmental. They're so hypocritical. They saw her dancing. They're like, they're so hypocritical. The movie just came out, Honk for Jesus. I don't know if y'all saw that. But the movie just came out, Honk for Jesus. And, and I was grieved. And, you know, I think my grief might be different than what most people are grieving. Most people are grieving the fact that this is a misrepresentation of the church. My grief isn't that it's a misrepresentation of the church. My grief is that it's accurate. My, my grief is that I, I look around and I can name three or four pastors that fit the identity of what I've seen on Honk for Jesus. I can name three. And so can you. You can look around and you can name a few churches that, that you can identify with honk for Jesus. Grieved. The 
church's reputation, the buffoonery. The buffoonery is it, it, on display and everybody sees it. And the world, people that never step foot inside the church will judge the church because of what they see on social media and on Showtime. I don't know if you've seen the Instagram handle Church for Laughs. Now, I'm a little immature, so I follow it. I do. I do. I follow it. So do you. I know you do. Church for Laughs, the entire existence of Church for Laughs is to laugh at the church at the stuff that goes on in the church. And non-believers follow church for last because they won't come into the church, but they look at it and go, this is why I don't go there. Because they're stealing money. They're out of order. They're all over the place. They're hypocritical. They sleep around, but they say they love Jesus. They, you know, they, they, they see all of this stuff within the church and they begin to judge the church. And what I felt myself doing over the last couple of weeks is praying, Lord, how do we redeem and present the church differently? How do we redeem the reputation of the church? And I feel like I got the answer. The answer that God gave me of how do we redeem the reputation of the church is by the Christians that are in this room actually walking faithful with the Lord because what it does is when they see somebody fall, instead of saying, see, I told you, they'll be like, nah, that's isolated. That can't be consistent with the church because I got this group of girls at at my job and they so faithful to the Lord. I got these brothers that are, that are in my life and they, they love their Jesus and they, they got discipline and they got character and they got integrity. And so that can't be true. Instead of saying, see, I told you, you have the ability to change the trajectory. You have the ability to have people look at the church and say, "Nah, that's not consistent. Honk for Jesus. That's, that's not consistent. That's a few churches, but that ain't the bride of Christ. And so what I want to do today is I want us to, I want to help us to understand that one of the ways that we represent the church is by you being consistent and you being full-time. The reason I say part-time Christian is because part-time Christians can't change culture. If you can only be a Christian at 960 Atlantic Avenue, something's wrong. If you can only be a Christian around Christians, something's wrong. If you can only represent Jesus when you're around people that love Jesus, I can only, you know, pray. I can't pray in public, but I can do so with one or two. If if you can only represent Jesus around a small group of people that actually love Jesus, what is the witness? You think you're on that job just to be on that job? There's greater purpose. You, you, You think you're born into that family just to be born into that family? There's greater purpose. You think you got that promotion just to be secured a bag? There's a greater purpose. You, you think you go to that coffee shop just to grab your latte? There's greater purpose. And I wish that we could walk through life and think, Lord, how, how can I represent you well? Because there's a world that's looking at the church and they're judging the church. But I can be the one that changes that trajectory. Now, what Paul does in, in the book of First Thessalonians, Paul is writing a letter back to a church that he planted. Now, let me be clear. Paul planted the church, but Paul is not there actively pastoring the church. Paul right now, when he's writing this letter, he's in Corinth. He's starting Corinth. And so this is his second missionary uh, journey. He writes a letter back to the Thessalonians. And the purpose of the letter that he's writing back to them is to let them know that he's heard about their faithfulness. To let them know that your reputation has preceded you. To let them know that what what I started in Thessalonica has gone on around the world. Let let me just give uh, some some background to Thessalonica. Uh, this, This is a seaport. This is, this is current day northern Greece. And it's a seaport, so that means a lot of people would have came there. I think Paul is so strategic. 
why does Paul plant the church in Thessalonica? I think he did so. I, I, I'm not in his mind, but I think he did so because he knew that if he can get Thessalonica on fire for Jesus, the thing would spread quicker. Because people are coming in to buy. People are coming in to trade. People are coming in to sell. People are passing, passing through. There are travelers there. And so what Paul is doing is he says, let me put a gospel-loving, Jesus-loving church right here. Because if these people represent Jesus well, this thing will go around the world. And guess what? His strategy worked. How do I know his strategy worked? Look, look at verse 8 with me. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone everywhere. So what Paul is doing is Paul is saying, look, the, 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 the reputation of the church isn't just, isn't just booming in the streets of Thessalonica, but that thing has gone on to Macedonia. People in Ikea have heard about Jesus and now love Jesus, and they're spreading the gospel and their sphere of influence. Why? Because this thing has gone around the world. It's reverberated. In fact, look at the word that he uses. I ask you to make note of it. He says, for the word of the Lord has sounded Forth. Somebody say sounded forth. This word in English is two different words, sounded forth, but in the Greek it's one word, exeheo. Exeheo literally means to reverberate or to echo. So in other words, do you know what an echo actually is? An echo means that you can stand on one side of an empty room and somebody way, way, way in the back of the room can hear you because the noise you made up here reverberated. Now it's not a new noise, it's just carried the sound. The sound has reverberated and your Christian life needs to reverberate around the world. Your Christian life needs to be an echo. And so the people in Thessalonica, they gave credit to God when they had success. They wrestled well when they fell. They repented. They, they, they publicly prayed. They represented the gospel. They were faithful Christians, not just around Christians, but they were faithful Christians, even around non-believers. And what began to happen is an echo, a reverberation. Lord, what would it look like if everybody in this room became an echo? What would it look like if you didn't think that your Christianity was isolated to just you? Let me tell you something about Christianity. Christianity is whack if it's just, I'm going to be a better moral person. If your Christianity is, man, I'm just a Christian because I want to stop vaping, that's not, that's not real Christianity. If your Christianity is, I just want to get over this now, let me, let me help you. Like, yes, Overcome things that are strongholds, but don't think that's the totality of your Christian life. Your Christian life is for you to be a radically transformed believer and you go out to see others radically transformed by Jesus. I just want to know, does anybody in this room want to be an echo? Somebody say echo. He says, your faith has sounded forth. You and I in this room, we have a responsibility to be an echo. Where? In Bed-Stuy? Where? In Crown Heights? Where? In Brownsville? We're in the Bronx. God knows the Bronx needs us to be an echo. You see how I looked at you when I said that? Your echo should go around to Staten Island. Your, your echo should be lower Manhattan, up and down 125th Street in Harlem. You should be an echo. And you cannot be an echo if you're part-time. Echoes are full-time. But God, help us in this room. I got up this morning and was going, God, I want to pastor a church full of people that reverberate. That when we're, in a, when we're on a job, everybody on the job begins to profess faith in Jesus, not because we're sitting there laying hands on them, but because we're a faithful witness. You know, the Bible says in Philippians chapter one, only let your manner of life be counted worthy of the gospel. My life reflects the gospel. And because everybody around me sees it, it's echo. 
it goes, it goes around the world, but I don't just think that God wants us to be an echo here in New York. I don't think he just wants you to be an echo in the tri-state area. I think he wants this thing to go to Uganda. He, he wants this echo and this, this noise, this loud noise for Jesus to go to Kenya and, and Sydney and Haiti and Jamaica. And he wants this thing to go around the world. And sometimes when we hear around the world, we're like, oh, that's not tangible. That's so big. Well, let me boil it down. Be faithful at your job and let somebody else hear Jesus. And then they go somewhere else and then they hear Jesus and then they go somewhere else and they hear Jesus. Next thing you know, this thing went around the world. Echoes is what God is calling us to be. You know, when we first, when we first started uh, the process of purchasing this, this place or, or, or leasing this place, I should say, we ain't got that type of bread. When we, when we started the process of leasing this place, when we first got in, there was nothing in the building. It was empty. There, there were no chairs. There were no lights. There were no TV monitors, no, you know, no instruments, no people. And so upstairs and downstairs was completely empty. And if you tried to make noise inside of here, it was such a horrible echo. In fact, we tried to do a meeting. I don't know if the leaders remember this, but we tried to do a meeting downstairs, you know, when we had no lights and nothing, it was just an empty room. And we did a meeting and we could hardly do the meeting because when 10 people are talking at one time, all you hear is a bunch of echoes. It was, it was chaos. And so what we did was we said in order to put a sanctuary upstairs, we have to muffle the echo. Well, how do we muffle the echo? Look, look around this room. In fact, let me, let me grab one of these pa panels. Look around the room, all the way around the room, you see these things on the wall. This, this, isn't, this isn't, you know, this isn't de decoration. These, I know y'all are mad at me, tech team and sound team, I'm sorry. But these things right here, this is a sound panel. The one purpose of a sound panel is to muffle the echo. The one purpose of a sound panel is to absorb the sound. And I was praying this morning going, God, how can we be better echoes? And I realized some of us can't be better echoes because the people around us are sound panels. And the moment you try to scream for Jesus, the sound gets absorbed. And so you're trying to be faithful at your job, but you also have an identity issue, an identity crisis. And at the end of the day, your noise for Jesus is being echoed. That relationship you in, do you know you could be dating a sound panel? Oh, I, I know. Listen, I got time this morning. I, I've been off. I got time. So, some of you are dating something that is absorbing your sound. You know what else absorbs our sound? When we try to build our identity on something else. Many of us have dual citizenship when it comes to the kingdom. And so you try to build your identity on, yo, I just got a promotion, and so, you know, or, or my degree, or your money, and all of these things that you're trying to build your life on, you, that's part-time. Full-time Christians can't find their identity in something else. We find our identity securely in Jesus, and if not, it's being absorbed by a sound panel. And my hope and my prayer this morning when I was praying is, God, expose the sound panels in our life. Sometimes it's people, Yes. But sometimes it's not people. Sometimes it's situations. Sometimes it's me. I'm the own echo of my, in my life, in, in my world. But God, help this thing to go around the world. Why? Because it's reverberating, sounding forth. The word of God, this is what verse 8 says, the word of God has sounded forth everywhere. This is my hope for us, to not just simply come in here, take notes, and be good people, but for, but for us to go out and be sent you know, you know, the other prayer I was praying, Warner, that when you walk into a room, every demon in that room begins to tremble because you're the echo. 
that, that's, that's my prayer. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a story in Acts chapter 19, and man, I'm embarrassed, but I, I missed this. I missed it when I was, you know, reading it for years, I missed this. But in Acts chapter 19, the Bible says that there's a man that's possessed by a demon. Y'all know that story? And, and the man that's possessed by a demon, there are seven men, seven sons of Sceva, that are all trying to cast out the demon. But here's the thing, they don't know Jesus. So when they cast him out, they're saying, we adjure you by the name of Jesus of whom Paul preaches because they didn't know who Jesus was. Do you know what the demon does? It talks back. Now, let me just tell you, if you're doing an exorcist and the demon speaks, just pack your stuff up. You ain't got no authority. You got no oil, no oil, no authority there. But the Bible says that the demon speaks back to them. And when the demon speaks back, do you know what he says? He says, Jesus, I know. Paul, I recognize, but who are you? I'm telling you, if that ever happens, run. But here's what I missed. Jesus is mentioned because the demons know Jesus. Understand, they should know who Jesus is. But Paul is mentioned, and he's recognized by the demons. Paul is mentioned in the same sentence as Jesus. Can you imagine that? What, what, what if when you walked in, the demons were like, Jesus, I know, and her? I don't mess with her because she's a follower, faithful follower of Jesus. That's what it means to be an echo. I want you to walk on your job. I want you to get the job. And then the demons that are on the job be like, oh, man, she got the job. <laughs> I, I want you to be able to apply to that gym. And when you get there and you walk in the door with your little, you know, your little gym, Lululemon. Well, I can't afford Lululemon. Uh, Target. When we walk in with our little gym stuff, my hope and prayer is that the demons that are there be like, oh, man, she's not just on the treadmill. She's here to bind me up. My, my, my hope and my prayer is that when you walk into those relationships and those friendships and those intimate relationships, the demon that was supposed to attack that other person or those other people will be able to back up because you're there. That's what it means to be an echo. That's what it means. And this is why I said you're not just born into that family. When you were born into that family, the demons should have trembled. You walk in that room, the demons should tremble. When you move on that block, the demons should tremble. This is why when people be like, Pastor B, like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about moving. I'm like, praise God. But where, where are you going to be an echo and where are the demons going to tremble? That's, oh, you're, you're moving to secure the bag. No, forget that. Where are the demons going to tremble? Where, where are people going to be afraid? Where are they going to be able to say, Jesus, I know, and you, I know. But many of us, unfortunately, have the latter part of that Acts chapter 19. But who are you? I want the demons to know me. I want them to be scared. I want to be a problem for the devil. And that only happens when we move from part-time to full-time. Somebody say echoes. Now, the question you should be asking is, well, where were the echoes at? Where, 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 were, where were some spheres that they begin to walk in that they became echoes? Look back at verse number eight. Not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has gone, do you see this word? Everywhere. Do you see that word? Our faith has gone, we've become echoes everywhere. That this, this is why I said you can't just be a Christian around Christians. You, you cannot just be a Christian on Sunday morning. That's easy. But how many of us can be faithful and a faithful witness in spheres where the enemy does rule and reign and you break it up by your presence and by you being a faithful follower of Jesus? Do you know everywhere you go is a mission field? 
See, many of us think that we got to get on a flight and we got to go to some poverty country and take pictures with a you know, poverty kid and, and post it. I'm serious. This is what we do. You look at some church websites and you, and you notice it's only black countries. You ain't ever in your life ever seen uh, you go to a white poverty country and take pictures with white poverty kids. We, we only do that when, when it comes to black communities. And, and this is what I'm saying. When, when I say that we have to be an echo, you have to be an echo in such a way that you're not just an echo because you're on a mission trip, but you understand your job is a mission field. But you understand that when you walk out your doors, it's a mission field. But you, you understand that when you do go to the coffee shop, you're not just there to pick up the latte, but it actually is a mission field. God help us to be echoes. Where? Everywhere. There's not a place that you should go that you don't get, you don't get a break from Christianity. And let me tell you why. Because the devil ain't getting no break from attacking you. The devil ain't, he ain't taking off. And y'all are like, oh, but that ain't my, you know, the devil ain't my, uh, you know, that, that's not my model of why I do what I do. But the point is, yes, the devil doesn't take off, but many of us are so part-time in our faith. And when, I, when I'm coming back from this sabbatical, that's my hope and my prayer. This is why I'm spending two weeks on this idea of reputation and not being part-time. Because I know, I know for a fact, many of you in this room and many of you online, I ain't beating you up, but you're part-time. And God wants you to move from being part-time. He wants you to be an active Christian at, at, the, at the West Indian Day Parade. He wants, you, he wants you to be an active Christian at the Wu-Tang concert. He wants you to be, a, be an active Christian when you're on the train. He wants you to be an active Christian when you're walking in the street. You know, many of us have such a bad witness and the, the reason the church's reputation is so tarnished, y'all like, because, you know, them celebrity pastors. No, because of you. Be- because of me. Oh, that, did that hurt? But it's true. It's true. Because we've been so part-time and so it's nothing for, you know, sometimes the, the, the best witness can be showing up to work on time. How are you going to be a faithful witness and you on your third, you know, your third warning? Sometimes it's so simple. Sometimes we think it's so deep. I got to be, you know, I got to go to work and lay hands and cast out the demons out my boss. You'll get fired. Don't, don't do that. Don't do that. How about just show up on time? Don't get written up. Don't milk the clock. And just be a faithful Christian. And can I just add in here, faithful and not weird. I know I say it all the time. I get it. You know, first service, they was going to find weird. You know, you know what? You know when I, when I say weird, I mean you know. Sometimes I have I have uh, Christian friends that want to start, you know, they want want to show their entrepreneurial skills, and so they want to start businesses. And it's starting the business. I'm like, oh, what kind of business are you gonna open? I'm gonna open a smoothie place. That's dope. We need we need some fresh, you know, vegetables and, and fruit smoothies. What what you gonna call it? Jesus juices. <sighs> Why? Just be a faithful Christian. At a smoothie place. I'm opening a nail salon. That's dope. What you gonna call it? Nails in his hands, nails. I'm opening a restaurant. What you gonna call it? Bread of life biscuits. Just make a real good biscuit and be faithful to Jesus. Don't be weird. Weirdness shows up in so many ways. We become Christians and we change our lingo. Why? We become Christians and then we change our attire and our dress code. How about you stay like you are and you go back to the blocks and the places that you used to run and sin and now you're redeeming it and the demons are trembling because you are an echo. Somebody say echo. Where, Pastor B? Everywhere. 
There's not a place in life that you should go that you are not an echo. Echoes reverberate everywhere. It takes up the entire space that you're in. It takes up the entire room. And that's been my heart and my prayer where the question becomes, well, why should I be an echo everywhere? Let me tell you why. Because Jesus is worthy of you screaming for him. Let me say that again. The reason you should be an echo is because Jesus deserves our loud noise. How does he deserve it? Look at verse 10. And to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Why should I be an echo? Because I can't keep secret what Jesus did for me. You delivered me from the wrath of God that's coming? I got to tell people about that. And some of y'all ain't here that, you know, you, you don't know Jesus or maybe online you're like, oh man, why, why he got to be so wrathful? Why is he angry? I don't see God's wrath as anger. I see it as holy because his holiness doesn't allow sin to be in his presence. If God could allow me to walk up in his presence any old way, he wouldn't be holy. But now what Jesus, what God does is he says, I'm holy and I, I can't have them in my presence and be and be sinful. And so I got to clean them up. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my one and only son. And when he gets there, he's going to deliver those who believe in him from the wrath of God to come. How does he do that? He does it in six hours on a cross. Where he sits up on a cross and he dies for all of our sins, our past sins, our present sins, our future sins. There's so much grace oozing off of the cross that Jesus is like, this is what's going to deliver them. This is what is going to break that stronghold. It's not just that Jesus delivers from the wrath of God to come. He's the only one. Can I, can I stick there for a second? If you're waiting for something else to save, you're going to miss it. If, if, you're, if you're thinking that you're going to be saved by materialistic stuff, you're going to miss it. You know Zephaniah verse, uh, chapter 1 verse 8 says, Neither their silver nor their gold can deliver them from the wrath of God. Don't you think your bank account is going to deliver you from the wrath of God? You better bank your chips on Jesus who delivers us from the wrath of God. That's why I can't keep this thing quiet. This is why I got to live with integrity. This is why I got to tell people about Jesus. This is why I got to pray for you. This, this is why, you know, it's, it's a reason that they're coming to confide in you at work. It's not because you give good advice. It's because they see something. What do they see? They see that you're an echo of the one that delivers you from the wrath of God to come. My hope and prayer as we land this plane is for us to become echoes. I do not want to, oh man, I don't want to pastor a muffled church. I don't want to be around muffled people. I don't want to be around people that muffle me. But I want to scream loud for Jesus. Why? Because he's worthy of our praise. Is he not worthy, y'all? I, I, listen, I know we're ending, but just for a second, can we like make some crazy noise for the one that delivers us? From the wrath of God to come. Lord, would you give us boldness? Would you give us, would you give us that integrity that we're talking about? Would you give us wisdom and discernment? Would you help us to take opportunities, take, take advantage of the opportunities that you give us to represent you? So many opportunities the Lord has given you, and we miss it. We often miss it. And we look back on it and be like, oh, man, I probably, should, I probably should have told them about Jesus. But my hope and prayer is that we would live and declaration, proclamation, demonstration, everything about me should ooze Jesus. He should be central. Every head bow and every eye close.
Part-time Christians. Part-time Christians. Father, would you move us from this idea of being part-time because your rep- the reputation of your church matters. Father, everybody in this room is, has been promoted. None of us are part-time anymore. You've given us more hours. And the benefit is not a check. We're not working for something. We're working from it. What are we working from? That you delivered us from the wrath of God to come. And because of that, Lord, because you died for us, Lord, we want to live for you. And so, Lord, would you help us? Lord, I want to humanize this for a moment. We will make mistakes. We, we will struggle. We won't always do this thing right. But don't, don't let that be the norm. Don't let the norm of our life be hypocritical. Don't let the norm of our life be sinful. Don't let the norm of our life be gossiping and, 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 and backbiting and backstabbing. But Lord, when people see us and hear us, may they see you and may they hear you. So Lord, I pray for the reputation of your global church. I pray for those men and women that you have put up in high places that, that, that are visible and witnessed. And there's a witness and there's a spotlight. Lord, I pray that you would secure them and sustain them. Put good boundaries around them. Put people around them. Protect those churches. Protect, the, protect them from the schemes of the enemy. We understand that the devil desires to sift us as men sift wheat. Protect these people who are in the spotlight. But not just them. Protect all of us. When we go to work, oh God, help us to be faithful. When we go to the coffee shop, help us to be echoes. When we go to the gym and we go around to the family reunion, help us to be faithful echoes of you. And may we mirror what Paul is talking about in the first part of this book, that their reputation has preceded them. So Father, we thank you. We know we can't do this without you. So we need you, oh God. It's in Jesus' mighty name we give glory. Amen. Hospitality is coming around. As we talk about in verse 10, he delivers us, Jesus delivers us from the wrath of God to come. Hospitality is coming around with a symbol of what delivered you from that wrath. And that's the blood and the body of Jesus. So if you're a believer, do me a favor. Just take, take what's in the basket, the cup of the wafer and the, and the grape juice. Take that so that we can do communion together. And if you could do me a favor, just hold it. And then we'll, we'll worship together and I'll come back up. We'll do communion and benediction. Is that all right? All right, let's worship together.